Welcome to another edition, JD, of The Bones of Advertising. I'm still Craig McLeod and you are? I'm John Douglas. I'm John Douglas and I have a, uh, I've got a bone. I have a bone to pick today. What's the bone? I've got a bone to pick, bone to pick that um, not many people uh, will recognise this bone. I would like to pick today the bone of productivity. Productivity. And that is why I've brought a tomato with me. Right. Okay. Well, I'd like to hear the correlation between the tomato and productivity straight up, JD. Let, let me hear it. Okay. Okay. Without uh, without any further ado, um, the tomato technique. I urge anyone who is interested in productivity to look at and is uh, and is um, uh, you, people who deal with intellectual pursuits, not um, not necessarily building cars or you know that kind of productivity, but Productivity in an intellectual pursuit. The tomato technique was uh, was invented by an Italian guy called. Uh, he was a professor, I think. Um, I'm going to say Delaro, but you know, I, don't, I really don't know. Uh, uh, but he, he determined. He determined that the the best length of time to be truly productive is you can be truly productive for about 22 to 25 minutes of time. Right. And what he did was he had a little uh, tomato um, a cooking clock, you know, the, the yeah. little cookery clock, and yep. he used that to measure how effective he was he was being. Turns out it's about 25 minutes, and he did, he would set this little timer for 22 minutes and whatever, 23, 50, 25 minutes. He says that's the kind of the thing that it's got to, 25. He would set it for 25 minutes, and he'd work, 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 and it would go off and he would have a three-minute break, three to five-minute break, and then he would set it again and off he'd go and then he'd set it again and then off he'd go. And after he'd done it four times, which for those of you adding along at home is about an hour and a half, just a bit over, he would have a longer 15-minute to 20-minute break. Right. So your whole day was was locked into these two-hour uh, blocks of time that allow you to be truly productive and still rest your brain enough so that you can fire into the next lot. The Pomodoro technique, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. There you well, go. I like it, mate. I think that's a, that's pretty good lessons there. But And you know what? In this lockdown situation, we find ourselves still here in Victoria. You're getting a lot of people posting and, and writing about the importance of breaks, not just sort of getting stuck at the computer and, you know, yeah. going away, away, away. Whereas you've got those processes set up when you may be going into the office. Super important to set them up at home as well so that whether that's getting up and getting a cup of tea, which I know is one of your favourite, or whether we even look at, you know, some of the other options of that 15 minute, is that enough time to get out and take the dog for a walk? Probably not, but almost. Yeah, and there's some things you can't do in lockdown anymore that you used to be able to do. You know, you used to be able to go down and, um, and, and have a cup of coffee, like getting out of the office and going and having a cup of coffee. So that is one of the other things. But we also talk a lot, JD, about 80%, and I guess that really plays into his kind of half-hourly uh, breaks that he's talking about. Um, let's call him Luigi or the Pomodoro technique, as you mentioned just before but I think it's really important as well to think about the team's health when you're thinking about productivity because if you've got the guys and this is a big one for you I know you talk about this a lot if they're working well after the time that they should be working when they should be enjoying family you no sooner get to a point where yes you might be getting more work out but you burn them out and they're going to be done in no time at all particularly if they're getting if they're not getting two things one recognition for what they're doing so 
that it's known that they've been spending all of this time working beyond the normal sort of working hours. And the other is reward. And again, we've talked about reward doesn't necessarily have to be money. It can be a little care package that rocks up on the doorstep that says, you know what, you're a ripper. I'm super grateful for what you're doing. But yeah, this is a big one of yours. So I'd love to hear more from you on that, JD. I, I just think that um, we, we, spend a, we spend a lot of time trying to try to justify our existence quite often. Yeah. Especially when we're young and, and, and insecure about our, about our jobs. We want to work harder. I was talking to a, a, a mate of mine who is involved in an AFL club and he was saying one of the hardest things they have is actually getting the young players to not come to the club. Right. Because they want to be seen at the club. They want to impress the people. They want to show people how hard they're working. And they feel like if they show people how hard they're working, they're more likely to get a game, which is probably, there's probably an out truth in that. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't make for long careers. No. And that's especially like, if, you're, if you're struggling to make the team in the first place. That's where those high performance managers have really made a massive difference in that AFL space as well, JD, because previously you'd come in as a player and you would be doing everything you can to get the coach's attention. So that's whether you're first in or last home, that old analogy, which in today's footy world, all you're doing by doing all of that extra work is, yes, you might be getting fitter, but you're making yourself more vulnerable to injury. So you're reducing your opportunities really by overtraining. And that's something that I think, as I said before, it's really changed that cultural um, situation within those clubs where they really are trying to manage those younger players and build them up to a level where their threshold can increase enough that they can take on potentially a little bit more work, but also let them know part of what you're doing requires recovery. The recovery is equally important. Often we see them down along the bay if I'm riding, you know, the, the AFL teams, particularly the Pies or it might be the Ds that I see, always walking through the bay, cold days, middle of winter, but they're giving their legs that recovery. And I think that's really important. And that analogy can transition really seamlessly over to when JD's done for the day and goes home and sees Miss, Mrs. Douglas and the two mini Douglases, you've got to be able to switch off. You've got to yeah. be able to enjoy the lamb that, that's, that's just been cooked that, you know, your, your boy may want to eat the next day instead of you for lunch, but you've got to be able to get to that point. I told you, I told you, I told you not to bring up the, the great lamb scandal in 2020. I told this, please. Yeah, I don't know where they hide it, down the, down the hollow legs or something. It's ridiculous. Like, like, like yours, you know, they're the same. But I think it's really important to think about that and, and to understand it. <clears throat> and in days gone by, I think we've both been guilty of doing those massive, massive days, trying to impress and, and trying to make sure that you know it, it's visible as well and without a doubt I can tell you I was nowhere near as productive in those back-end hours like I'm a morning person you know that but those back-end hours sort of you know after 5 36 6 30 oh, oh, you're not you're not really getting much from me at all I was really just there for show and <laughs> yeah but, but a great show I've got to say <laughs> I would like to speak just like I think the I think the hard thing about um, uh, people who define what productivity is in an agency defined by what define productivity by how they see productivity not necessarily about how the team sees productivity so if they're a night person then they sometimes don't turn up until half past nine ten o'clock because you know they've been working until three o'clock the night before and those hours between eight and two or eight and one yeah. in the morning are great for them and shit ask for the for the person who likes getting up at half past four in the morning and doing four solid hours before breakfast. Like we lose sight of the the team good. Like there is a community in every agency and as much as 
as much as every community does need leaders of, of, of some description, depending on, on what you're doing, it needs to be good for the entire community. It's a culture of productivity yeah. and it's all about helping other people. And too often we fall into the, I've got to do this for me so that I can be seen to be better so that I can therefore do what's best for my career. And it just all, and we become this kind of collection of individuals rather than a community devoted to creating something fantastic for our client. Collaboration is key, JD, absolutely key. You've got to be able to collaborate and share the load. We'll often talk, you and I will talk to the team about, do you need some help with that? How are you going with that? You know, would you like us to help with the script component of that? Are you good with that? And if you do that, often you'll find the person will go, no, I'm good with it. But sometimes that time when you can see in the eye, sometimes they're a little bit red. They might have been up all night. And when you offer that little bit of help, and again, it's only small, but it shows you're interested and you care. You're actually worried about how they're coping with the load of work that they've got to do. And that ability to co- collaborate. And we often talk as well about how, how many times do we go for a coffee chat? And that's where the idea comes from. We'll walk back and go, JD's done it, solved. <laughs> done, it's done, don't need to do any more. Take the gloves off, we're done. You know, like, and that happens with the designers as well. I often see the junior guys walking around maybe with an account manager grabbing a coffee and come back and they're like, yeah, I've got an idea and boom, straight into it. It's such a powerful thing to break away from that sitting at the desk situation. Oh, it's amazing. The power of distraction. Like if you can distract your, your logical mind long enough, it's amazing how many great ideas are lurking just behind your left ear or your right ear or whatever and just waiting for your, for your logic to be distracted enough to leap to the front. It's, um, I, I love distraction. As you can tell by my love of rabbit holes and high horses. <laughs> <laughs> you do, but in a good way. And again, I come back to our point from last week. Sometimes they're rabbit holes, sometimes they're high horses, but what can springboard from those things is where the power is and that's where the experience comes in that yes we might be talking rubbish about something particular but it may lead to something that's going to be hopefully a point of brilliance that we can share and and then put to work for for one of the clients yeah indeed leave us with a with a point on productivity jd what what would it be what what's uh, maybe top two things to take away when you're thinking about productivity as an agency person okay um the top two things i think the i think you need to allow people to be productive on their terms i don't think you can force people to be productive on on how you're productive but i would i would suggest that people do look into the tomato um the other thing is i would acknowledge that a 30 second interruption into someone who's doing some intellectual work whether that's whether that's doing some conceptual work for an ad or whether it's doing some spreadsheeting or whether it's doing time management, project management, whatever they're doing, a 30-second interruption takes 25 minutes out of someone's day because that's how long it takes to get back into the swing of things. We seem to run, humans seem to run in a 22-and-a-half to 25-minute cycle and that's true of sleep. It's true of uh, exertion and it's true of productivity. So don't interrupt people. Otherwise, you're actually killing not 30 seconds. You can add 25 minutes to whatever interruption you do and allow people to work at their own pace and judge them on their outcome, not on how they work. There you go. 
That's it. That, my friend, is another edition of The Bones of Advertising. I'll yeah. see you next week. And thank you for the insights there, JD. Very valuable. I, I enjoyed today. Oh, thank you very much. It was a, um, it felt almost intellectual today. Stop it, you smart yeah. person, you.